This episode is brought to you by Disney+. Plus. For the Bell family, basketball is everything. But can they navigate the game of life together? Based on Kwame Alexander's critically acclaimed best-selling novel and narrated by David Diggs, The Crossover. Streaming Wednesday, April 5th, only on Disney+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Back by popular demand, well, <laughs> uh, I figured I'd put, uh, I'd, bring, I'd put the intro that I had last week back on again this week. Why not? You know, that was fun. It's fun to have a little change once in a while. I'm sure I'll bring back the regular Purple Mafia introduction, but uh, I'm going to throw this one in from time to time. Um, it's kind of like, why not? you got to change things up once in a while, even just for the hell of it. And uh, with a game like today, you kind of want a little bit of... Uh, sometimes you want to just uh, have some type of change, I suppose. You don't want to have the same old, same old, right? So, uh, there we go. Uh, even though I do have everything back. That's the update that I was thinking. I was like, I had to say something here. Yeah, that's what it was. Everything is back to normal. Uh, things weren't connected properly inside there. And I just did not have the time last week to mess around. And I wanted to get things pieced together. Had all the information I needed, just not the audio files. So, <laughs> rock and roll, the audio files are back. You'll hear, you'll hear the commercial again and all that good stuff. So, um I didn't get any complaints, that's for sure. It seemed like a lot of people found it to be uh, pretty entertaining, honestly. So, rock and roll. That's why the intro's back. And it will be back again in the future. Uh, where do we go with this game? Where do we go? It's kind of like, a, who saw this coming? Yeah, I think we all did, didn't we? It's like, okay, the Bears are reeling, the Bears suck, and this and that, and Jay Cutler's an idiot, and and he really sucks, and this and that. And by the way, the Minnesota Wild just won in overtime, but <laughs> no, um, but uh, <laughs> I just saw it happen. Mark Carlson's at the game, by the way, a well-known uh, Pearl Mafia poster, a Hall of Famer from Iowa, came up here to watch the Wild game in person, so he just saw them beat his uh, his wife's favorite team, the Winnipeg Jets, but okay, now I'm getting sidetracked really bad, and this game was kind of like that. It was a distraction type of game. I mean, how can you not get distracted a bit at times? Watching this offense do what they do. It was sluggish the whole day. Just sluggish. I mean, uh, you know, I'm like getting a headache. I'm getting, I'm like at a loss for words right now. You could tell I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, you know, the offense. Yeah, really. Yeah, they were, they were great. Um, no, they weren't great. It's like, where do you even go? I mean, I'm shocked that Teddy Bridgewater even finished with 158 yards for the day and his completion percentage is almost 65%. <laughs> uh, I, 
yeah, we're we're one of those teams right now that just struggles to even get first downs. I mean, you could go down the the game statistics and it it'll tell the story. It'll tell the story. Despite in a game when you see a fake field goal or a fake punt, not field goal, fake punt this time around. I'm still getting it mixed up with last year's uh, fake field goal by the Cleveland Browns that you know helped kick the Vikings butt in the Metrodome last year. Um, that was a lot of fun. But uh, this time it was a fake punt. Nice play. Hiked it right to uh, Adam Thielen. And then completed the pass <laughs> downfield to Andrew Sendejo, for four, who ran for 48 yards. Almost went all the way, but actually got tripped up by Michael Amati. Doggone it. Otherwise, he might have gotten a touchdown. But uh, luckily, the Vikings did score a touchdown anyway. But yeah. <laughs> that was the one time the Vikings actually went away, went, went ahead and scored a touchdown right away to make it ten nothing after a fifty-yard field goal by Blair Walsh in the opening drive of the game. You figured the Vikings were in business there. I mean, how can you not think that? Vikings are in business, ten nothing on the road in Chicago. I mean, you know, can you imagine the chemistry on the sidelines of this football team? Jay Cutler, guys like that, and Jared Allen not playing so hot. Obviously, uh, the Bears' defense struggling. Hey, we got the sucker made. We're, we're, uh, they're going to be slump busters for us this this time around. The Vikings are going to actually win in uh, Chicago. <laughs> we're going to finally end that slump in Chicago. It's been like what, like eight years since the last time we won there. Or at least it feels like it. But yeah, well, we'll worry about that when when we worry about it when, when the next time we win there. That's when we'll talk about the last time we won there. <laughs> it's irrelevant now. It was just denying. It was just delaying the inevitable. It was just denying reality, or what would become reality, because pretty much right after that, the Bears just kind of took over. You know, Jay Cutler actually looked like a legit quarterback after that. He actually, like, kind of semi-grew up for a day, for a quarter, for a week, whatever it is. But Jay Cutler actually looked like a professional out there. Even though he is a talented player, he actually looked professional out there, for the most part. I mean, you look at the stats, though. The team... The overall stats, the game stats, they're just like so telling. The Vikings defense couldn't get the job done. The Vikings offense couldn't do squat. And that's pretty much all she wrote. Apologize for this racket. It's getting on my nerves. I'm sure it's getting on yours. But um, Chicago in the first down category, 24 to 10. Uh, over Minnesota, 24 to 10 in first downs. Felt like the Vikings had zero first downs with with a, a couple with an occasional good drive here and there. <laughs> Total yards: Chicago four sixty eight, Minnesota two forty three, two forty three to four sixty eight. That's about double. Um, even the Bears even uh, the Bears they even had more turnovers. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah, the Bears did have more turnovers, so that's good for the Vikings. Time of possession extremely telling though, extremely telling. Thirty eight. 38, 38 minutes, 38 seconds to 21-22. That's kind of funny numbers there, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's not going to win any football games on the road when the other team basically has the ball just about twice as much as you. I, I can't even stand it. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, the play calling was awful. We'll get to that later. Third down efficiency, 2 of 11 for the Vikings, 10 of 17 for Chicago. Yeah, very efficient on third down. The Vikings made both of their fourth downs, and the Bears were stopped at the goal line by the Vikings. 
which prevented uh, the Bears from taking over the game and winning it at that point in the third quarter there. Thank God for that. <laughs> the game would have been almost over by then. <laughs> so that's one thing the defense did good, but yeah, the problem is the Bears got all the way to the goal line in the first place. That's the problem right there. Oh, it's just unbelievable. They killed us in pretty easily every statistic. They even got... Uh, Oh, they even got more sacks than the Vikings. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Vikings didn't sack Jay Cutler once. Not once. And that Bears offensive line is nothing to brag about. Nothing to brag about. Zero sacks, but the, the Vikings defensive line couldn't even get to Jay Cutler today. No? The Vikings offensive line, they gave up two sacks. Felt like a hundred. It felt like a hundred. It, it really did. I mean, they were getting, they nearly got Bridgewater killed out there yet again for the hundred millionth time. I mean, you look at the running game, too. I mean, only eight rushes on the day for Jarek McKinnon. That's it. They only gave him the ball eight times. <sighs> yeah, basically, most of the time, most of the passes were basically dump passes, which were basically like cheap runs, basically cheap attempts at running the football throughout the game by Bridgewater. Nothing was nothing was deep, at least nothing that was completed <laughs> was deep. Longest pass completion of the day was 24 yards to Charles Johnson. Yeah, that's it. That's another alarming stat. Six catches by Charles Johnson. Hmm. Yeah, but six targets for Cordell Patterson and uh, <laughs> Jarius Wright and Greg Jennings. They were targeted six times the whole game. That's uh, not going to get it done. No. You can tell I'm kind of out of it again. Of course I'm out of it. Just, just watching this is just, just another... Uh, Pathetic performance on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, nothing special. I mean, they made Jay Cutler like a superstar out there. 72% completion, 330 yards, three touchdowns. Deep passes along the way. It was killing the Vikings deep, at least in the second quarter. <laughs> just killing them, and, and along the way. I mean, it's just time and time again throughout the game. It's one of those kind of games, again, you just want to just... It's almost like you just wanted to do something else, but then, up oh, the fourth quarter tease was on. The, the tease is on. They were still alive. Still alive. No tease. I mean, <laughs> basically nothing happened in that third quarter, but the tease was alive because the Vikings were still in it. It's kind of eerily similar to the Detroit game where the Vikings were just hanging on just enough, just enough. But the play calling was just uh, strange. Just strange. I mean, time and time again, the Vikings would be third and deep, and it would be uh, third and long, pardon me, and it'd be a dump pass to Matt Asiata. That's basically all it is. It's like he's like the new Nafahu Tahi for Tavares Jackson in the past. Just the yay, like a two-yard gain or even a two-yard loss on a pass completion. That's what kind of day this was for the Vikings. You made a horrible defense look amazing, and you made a, an offense with no chemistry look like a well-oiled machine. The Slump Busters were the Vikings today. I mean, and that's the title of the show. The Minnesota Vikings were Slump Busters today. In every in every way, every way, shape, and form. Jay Cutler busted his slump. The Bears defense busted their slump. Oh, and by the way, Jared Allen hmm, busted his slump in not getting any damn sacks. Like, no sacks at all for basically Jay Cutler. Uh, excuse me, Jay Cutler. Yeah, basically, Jay Cutler has about as many sacks as Jared Allen this year. Well, two and a half less than Jared Allen. That ain't much. It's driving me nuts. 
now I see what's going on. I thought, <laughs> but no, um, two and a half sacks on the year for Jared Allen after this game. <laughs> he got a sack. He, he, he hugged tied Teddy Bridgewater because Matt Khalil was basically a hologram like he's been all day or all year. A turnstile. Phil Oldholt was killed all day. It's like, what do you do? You don't really do anything. You just say, you just throw your hands up and say, hell with it. Hell with it. I mean, it, it was that kind of situation with the Vikings. Their offense was absolutely nothing, and the defense, again, made Jay Cutler look, look like an all-pro. And, of course, a very good running back. And Matt Forte looked awfully good as well. I mean, there were countless, like, eight-yard gains along the way for Matt Forte. Made it look easy. 26 rushes, 117 yards, an all-pro type of game for him. Didn't score a touchdown on the ground because Jay Cutler threw three touchdowns. Oh, he gave the Vikings a chance to win the game. Now his first interception, okay, it was the final pass of the half, but it was kind of a momentum killer, as the announcers were saying. And, eh, you know, for me, it's like, if you're going to throw an interception, if you're going to throw a dumb pass, it might as well be when there's basically no time remaining anyway in the half, because all the Vikings did was kneel down. It's not like it gave the Vikings a chance to do anything. Sure, it killed the Bears' chances of kicking a field goal or maybe even scoring a touchdown on a Hail Mary per se at the end of the half. But, hey, again, if you're going to throw an interception, that's the time to do it, I suppose. I suppose. People just want to pile on Jay Cutler and, okay, go ahead and pile on him. I don't blame you for the most part. He's pretty much killed the Bears' chances the last four or five years that he's been there. But um, the interception in the fourth quarter, yeah, gave the Vikings a very legit chance to believe that we're going to do something here. We're going to do something. This is ours now. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. A nice return. A 52 yards. I thought it was 54, but it was 52 yards. By Harrison Smith, another big-time play. And he just couldn't quite get in the end zone, but okay, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be okay. Yeah, our offense has been so has been so amazing all day that uh, we'll we'll get the job done. No, we just had to settle for a field goal. <laughs> yeah, just had to settle for a field goal, and and uh, that's all. Uh, and guess what? We didn't even get that. <laughs> no, we didn't even get that out of it. Wonderful. <laughs> that's what kind of game. That's what kind of game it was. Later on down the way, Teddy Bridgewater would look a little bit more gump along the way. Get the Vikings in <laughs> some type of opportunity to score something. But then no, we're just going to go for a field goal on fourth down instead. I mean, you figure the Vikings are down by eleven. Let's go for the end zone instead of uh, you know. Let's go for a touchdown. And an extra, or whatever, the two-point conversion. They get the Vikings within three. But no, instead, oh, no, let's just get the three now instead. I mean, I figured that with only six minutes left in the game, you might want to go for the touchdown now, fourth and six. But, well, I guess they're going to kick it. And where do you go? I mean, I didn't agree with it. But, uh, you know, because it puts you in a situation later on, if the Vikings were in position to score a touchdown, you have to complete the two-point conversion, or you lose the game right then and there. Whereas in the other situation, you fail on the two-point conversion, you still have a chance to win the game with the touchdown later, should the Bears, should the Vikings get a stop on the Bears, which they were able to later on. 
But um, at the end of the day, the Vikings were in desperation mode the rest of the way. And that's just all there is to it. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Sebastian's going to talk about it too a little bit on the Facebook page. Pardon me for the racket. I'm just going crazy here. But um, no execution for the Vikings along the way. Slump busters. That's about all there is to it. I mean, I, I kind of want to just end the review right now. I mean, there's really a lot, there's a lot you can say, a lot of complaining, and I don't blame you. But it's almost like, why even bother? <laughs> In a way. Because it's like, it's so predictable. So predictable. I mean, how many times have we seen it happen? Oh, Tampa Bay just sucks, and here they come in the, the here they come into the Metrodome and they waltz right on top of us. Just kick their ass. Washington's got bad defense. Then they keep the Vikings down to 10 points. I'm just making that one up, but it's like that, that happened a few years back. It's always, it's just almost always like that when you think this is this is a game where we can step on someone's throat when they're, you know, when they're gagging for air, basically. Gasping for air, which the Bears are doing. But no, they got the job done and we didn't. End of story. So I think I'm just going to ramble on and make this show weird and boring if I continue with this game review. Because that's pretty much all it is. It just is what it is. It's just a typical situation. So I'll end it right here. Right here, right now. And yes, the pass by Bridgewater. He was hit, but it was a bad pass. And it just... He had more time to make a play instead of just heaving the ball in the air. To no man's land, basically, is what he did. I mean, it wasn't even close to Charles Johnson. And why is Charles Johnson the number one receiver on this team, anyway? Why? Why is Charles Johnson the number one receiver when you have Kyle Rudolph, you have Cordero Patterson, you have Greg Jennings? Why is Charles Johnson the number one receiver on this team? <laughs> At least, why was he today? I, I, I really don't know. Okay, let's get to some other points. I was going to end it, but no, we we got to continue, <laughs> obviously. Because Josh Robinson basically came back down to earth today as well. Luckily, the we have a emerging cornerback that no, nobody wants to throw the ball to anymore, at least not very often, and that's Xavier Rhodes. But you have Josh Robinson who, well, <laughs> you have a six foot four guy named Brandon Marshall. They took advantage of it. The undersized Josh Robinson... That's not a good matchup. I mean, it's like, what do you do? It's it's not going to work, and it didn't work. Brian Marshall schooled him all day. Josh Robinson, not good. And the height situation, obviously, was, uh, well, it's an unfortunate situation. It wasn't uh, really, I don't think it was very wisely put together, constructed, very wisely constructed along the way. Brandon Marshall had a 44-yard touchdown along the way. Alshon Jeffrey was like the oh, was almost like a Percy Harvin along the way when Percy when Percy Harvin was good. Dare I use that name? But 11 catches, 135 yards, with all of those screen passes just killed us all day. Matt Forte catching six screen passes as well along the way. Just just uh, we were screened right out of there basically. I mean the whole way killed on the screen passes, particularly on third downs. They just ate us alive all day. All day. Josh Robinson, Phil Oldholt, Matt Khalil. 
<laughs> How many of you are tired of hearing those names? Even though Josh Robinson was better this year, for the most part. I mean, we heard his name all year last year. We heard Phil Lodehalt all year last year. Now you're hearing Matt Khalil every single week. Every single week we got to bring up Matt Khalil. He's a Tavares Jackson Memorial Hall of Famer. We may call it the Matt Khalil Memorial by the time he's out of here. If 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 things are headed the way they are, it's going to be the Matt Khalil Memorial, not even the Ponder Memorial, because he's killing us, just like Ponder did all last season. And at times, many times in 2012. <sighs> yeah, this is just a uh, disgusting game. You know, I mean, no, I mean, the game... And it's funny. It was a disgusting game that we could have won. We still could have won. That's the funny part, and we still didn't win. Yeah, it's annoying. It's just two teams that aren't really good, and even though the Bears played well, at times we still were in it, which is amazing, and it's exasperating as well. Exasperating as well, because the Vikings' defense in general kept them in the game, with the exceptions of, of course, Josh Robinson. Okay, the rambling is over. Let's end the game review right now. And we will get into the NFC North roundup. And, of course, it's Packer week. It's time to talk Green Bay Packer preview. We'll be back right after this. Hey, crisp, cool days and fall colors are upon us. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Zombie Monkey by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. Zombie Monkey is a robust porter with a lot of amazing flavors that you will love. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, which is the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Just simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. <laughs> We're ready for the NFC North Roundup. And, of course, the preview with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, boy. Just looking at these scores, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Very uh, lopsided scores here. Very, uh, well, very different scores. Of course, the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears are both in the NFC North. So we won't be able to, we won't need to talk about the Bears in this segment. So it'll be, again, slightly smaller when it's a divisional game. And, of course... Uh, if somebody's on the bye, but I do believe everybody in the division has passed the bye already. You notice how, uh, yeah, that commercial was uh, talking about Zombie Monkey, the autumn beer. Well, you also notice outside, if you live in Minnesota, and probably in Iowa too, oh well, yeah, definitely in Iowa, especially after this last weekend, um, that <laughs> we had an early winter here. We, we, we've got an early winter. Yeah, we've got an early winter. Um, <laughs> and of course, at the same time, a lot of the winter brews are already on the shelves or coming to the shelves. Like in the case of Tallgrass, they're a little teeny bit behind with their winter one this year, unfortunately. It's just, it is what it is type of thing, but it's only like a week or so difference, week, maybe two. But the vanilla bean buffalo uh, sweat, 
So basically, buffalo sweat with a vanilla with a vanilla bean theme to it, a vanilla bean note flavor to it. Very, very, very tasty. That will be on the shelves, and um, next week's show we'll have a new commercial for the winter one. So obviously, and of course, like I mentioned, the eight bit pale ale is like the main theme of <laughs> that's the main beer for this podcast. But I always like to mention the seasons as we go. It keeps the commercials fresh, and it keeps uh, your taste buds fresh too. Your your palate, as we like to say in the uh, in the beer community, we'll call it <laughs> your beer tasting palate. Um, speaking of beer, and they like to drink way too much over there in Green Bay. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's next week's opponent, so we'll delay that one. Yeah, but I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just looking at that score, and it's like, good grief, what are we gonna do next week? <laughs> um, Arizona and Detroit, two awesome defenses. Did I say that out loud? Arizona and Detroit, two awesome defenses. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, when they have a good coach. Not that Ken Wisenhunt wasn't good, but his replacement has been freaking awesome. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Took the uh, Arizona Cardinals to a 10-6 record last year, missed the playoffs by a millimeter last season with a resurgent, healthy, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> but right now, but a resurgent, healthy uh, Carson Palmer who uh, really, really was turning back the clock, looking like a just a better version of himself again, like he was in the Cincinnati Bengal days, pre-ACL, per se. He was more consistent. He was more than good enough, per se, for the Arizona Cardinals to get to an 8-1 record, or, well, 7-1, because he didn't finish last week's game because of an, an ACL. He had another ACL. I felt so bad. I, I felt terrible for him and the Arizona Cardinals because it's nice to see a team like Arizona emerge the way they have. They are 9-1, and one, ladies and gentlemen. Starting to look like the 98 Vikings. Not not offensively, but I'm just saying they're having that magical type of year where they just keep winning. Their defense might be like the 90, it might be, you know, 98 Vikings-ish in terms of defense, like the Baltimore Ravens of 2000. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I know it's way too early to make comparisons. Some of you are probably rolling your eyes, laughing at me. What the hell's going on with with this guy? He's, he's nuts, he's weird. But um, the Arizona Cardinals beat the Detroit Lions today 14-6. to Two amazing defenses. And yes, that is crazy to say. Because remember how awful Detroit's defense was not, not all that long ago? In fact, it seems like yesterday that Detroit couldn't stop their mother, but they'd score a trillion points. Arizona couldn't stop their mother, but they'd score a trillion points. That's how they got to the Super Bowl in 2008 and lost by a narrow margin. Because why? Because their defense couldn't stop anybody. And notice I have way more energy right now <laughs> than I did just a couple seconds ago. Um... That Viking game just just took the life out of me, man. Uh, you know, it it just did. They, ah, ah. See, now I'm losing it again. I like this segment more, <laughs> at least lately. I like this segment more after a game like today. Now, last week, last week with or last week, two weeks ago, that seems like forever. And I and obviously the lawn cleanup seasons are over early this year because of what happened because the ground is white with the snow. Um. Uh. But yeah, the last show I did, I really enjoyed doing the game review on that one. And of course, all the weird changes because of the lack of audio files. I had so much fun with that. I mean, God, I had so much fun doing that show. That watching the game was fun. And it wasn't pretty, but it was fun. Today's game was not fun. I mean, even if the Vikings won, it'd be like, wow, cool, I'm glad we won. But man, that was ugly. Jeez. Um, Arizona may or may not be thinking the same thing right now. 14-6. to 6. 
keeping the Detroit Lions, who have a talented offense, by the way, to six points. Um, Drew Stanton is the quarterback of Arizona, and he represented. He wasn't great, though. The two interceptions certainly didn't help. Matthew Stafford certainly did not represent. Uh, his quarterback, I mean, completion percentage of 60%, not the worst thing you ever saw. But um, he, you know, he had one interception, no touchdowns. Just didn't get it done. I mean, Drew Stanton, 306 yards against that defensive line. Not bad. Didn't get sacked once. The Detroit Lions, with that defensive line, didn't sack Drew Stanton once. Oh, my God! That's insane. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, remember, remember, remember what the Detroit Lions did to Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> when they came into the, into the TCF Bank Stadium? They manhandled him. They walloped him. They, uh, <laughs> they hogtied him. Okay, there we go. There's Jared Allen again. I'm sorry. It's just... That's, that's just, I knew I was going to see that god dang celebration. Pardon my almost horrible language, but yeah, it's bad. I'm, I apologize. But yeah, I mean, the uh, Arizona Cardinals continue to keep keep things rolling. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs, a possibility. They're, they're there if the season ended today, 15-1. and one. <laughs> six, six, six games away from 15-1 and one if they keep this up. I don't think they'll be quite that good, but um, 13-3 and three is looking really possible. You know, they'd have to only go 4-2 and two in the remaining six games to be 13-3. and three. That's how good Arizona is this year. Detroit down to 7-3, and three, tied with Green Bay, but they still own the tiebreaker until Green Bay says otherwise. The Detroit Lions won earlier this year against the, uh, the Green Bay Packers, so good for them. Still very much in uh, competition for that division championship, unlike Minnesota and Chicago. <clears throat> who both are not all that good. But the Bears, I guess, are better than us. <laughs> oh, goody. We're both 4-6 and six on the year. Still alive, hanging by a thread. Yay. Yeah. Because Green Bay lost. <laughs> Remember when I was thinking, oh, yeah, Green Bay's going to win this Saints game. No, they didn't win. Amazingly. I'm stunned that they didn't win that game. But, no, they didn't. They're 7-3. and three. But, um... <sighs> Detroit, yeah, just couldn't get any offense against this amazing Arizona defense. I mean, to me, what I'm kind of just, I'm happy. I'm happy for Arizona. Very happy that they're able to win against a very good football team today. Regardless if it was in Arizona or Ford Field in Glendale, Arizona, or Ford Field in Detroit, um, University of Phoenix Stadium, by the way. But, jeez, uh, man, Arizona Cardinals just keep getting it done. I mean, good for them. I'm very happy for them, considering... The loss of Carson Palmer is not a good thing, but then again, it shows what's really what really makes the Arizona Cardinals raw is, is that defense, and hopefully Drew Stanton can represent. He better stay away from the turnover bug because he really got bit today with that one. Man, oh man. Uh, <laughs> now let's switch to a drastically different situation. Green Bay and Philadelphia. What do you think is going to happen between those two? Do you think it's going to be high scoring or low scoring? Well, it's going to be pretty damn high scoring because there were 83 points scored in this game. 80? No, 73. My math is bad, and I'm going back to kindergarten. <laughs> 20 for only 20 points for Philadelphia. 53 for Green Bay. 53 for Green Bay after annihilating the Chicago Bears last week with another like 50 point game against them. Oh, it was a good one. go Packers, man. Yeah. Boy, what they did to Chicago last week, I thought the Vikings would do something, but 
Ah, then again, whatever. You get the idea. <laughs> it's like you knew, didn't you? Mark Franchise. Mark Sanchise. Yeah. You know, he he represented, I guess, with a 346 yards, but only two, but uh, but only two touchdowns, two interceptions, two fumbles lost. Mark Sanchez schooled in that category today. And Aaron Rodgers, for uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, put on a clinic. Put on a clinic. Yeah, just another one of those three touchdowns, zero interception, 120 quarterback rating days for him, 300 plus yards. Yeah, you know, it's like a same old, same old for Aaron Rodgers right now. Green Bay is uh, Green Bay's offense is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. They continue to roll through people. It's amazing. It just amazes me that they lost to the Saints. Yet they, the way they rolled past Philadelphia today, who's uh, a better team than the Saints? And yes, it was in Lambeau Field, but still, Philadelphia's used to some cold weather and some snowflakes, which we saw in Chicago today. And we would have seen in TCF Bank, and the Gophers did last, uh, yeah, yesterday. But, um, oh, Green Bay. Do we really have to play this team next week? <laughs> well, maybe the Vikings will be like the Bears. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll shut down the Packers. Yeah, maybe we will. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to give up the same amount of points we did earlier this season. I, I doubt that, but, geez, uh, Green Bay's got so many weapons. Where do you begin? Obviously, Randall Cobb is a possession receiver. That's a, a damn good one. He is uh, extremely valuable. More valuable than Percy Harvin, because at least his head's in the right place. Jordy Nelson's always killed the Vikings. Always killed the Vikings. Eddie Lacy, so valuable. Such a valuable player when he's not injured. Thank goodness for the Packers' sake, anyway, that he's not injured and he's healthy. and He's been catching passes. He had 45 yards receiving today. And 69 yards on the ground. Figure the Packers are ahead, but they still just... <laughs> I mean, they had openings to pass the ball, so why not go right ahead and do that? Only 10 rushes for Eddie Lacy when they were up by that many points. Well, they gave James Starks the ball a couple times. In fact, eight times, just to run the clock down <laughs> along the way. Oh, Green Bay is scaring me. Boy, coming into TCF Bank Stadium. It's just one of those situations... You look at the Vikings, the way they played against the Bears today, and the Vikings in general, the way they played against Green Bay earlier this year. No Bridgewater, we know, but the way Aaron Rodgers torched this defense. It's not the fact, it's not the fact that the Vikings offense was as inept as it was, and it still kind of is, you know what I'm saying? It still kind of is inept and crappy and all that good stuff. But the way Aaron Rodgers just carves up defenses and the way he carved up the Vikings defense had nothing to do with Christian Ponder, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Khalil, or Phil Odholt. It had to do with Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, and guys like Josh Robinson, (laughs) and uh, Robert Blanton. Yeah, Robert Blanton. uh, Just uh, annoyingly bad in that game. And even Xavier Rhodes actually sucked in that game. It was his, definitely his worst game as a, as a well, definitely his worst game this season. Not as a Viking. He had some struggles last year at times. Maybe yeah, I was his worst game as a Viking. I think it was everybody's worst game as a Viking practically in that one. Even Ponder's. <laughs> Ponder's worst game as a Viking. Um, yeah, it's in TCF Bank Stadium, but the Vikings do not match up well with the Packers at all. They, they really don't right now. If the Vikings beat Green Bay next week, I'd be absolutely shocked. 
I, you know, do you think I'm cheering for the backers? Are you kidding? No. Of course they want the Vikings to win, and I'd be flat out thrilled if they did, because I'm tired of ta- tanking and thinking about the draft. You know, okay, we can think about the draft, just make good picks, you know? Because how many times have the Vikings' best picks been at the end of the first round? That shows you there are players to be had later in the first round. They don't have to be the top five pick to get the best player. In fact, look what the Vikings did with their top five pick. (laughs) Yeah, old turnstile himself, Matt Khalil. Old turnstile himself, Matt Khalil, was the last time the Vikings took in the top five. So, just say it. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't guarantee you're going to get a stud there. You might. Okay, you might. But that's where you have to hope you get the number one overall pick. And there's no way in hell the Vikings are going to get the number one overall pick with four wins. Oakland Raiders ain't winning four games this year. So you can cancel that one. (laughs) Jacksonville's not going to win four games either. So again, the Vikings are already out of contention for the number one pick. So I'm sick of tanking. Let's win some games. Let's build some confidence. Because if if, uh, Teddy Bridgewater... (laughs) goes out there and, and just gets his ass kicked every week and we finish 4-12, and 12, that, that's not going to build anything for the future of this team. It's not. And, you know, more people are going to get fired and people are going to get cut and all that. You don't want that. So, yeah, there I go wandering again. But that's, of course, very Viking-related because just like the Bears game review today, I'm, like, trying to... I'm just trying to delay and deny the inevitable. Vikings are not going to beat the Packers. They're going to get swept this year. The Packers are playing unbelievable right now. They're on a roll. You have to hope for some type of amazing shocker where the Vikings just... Something. Something they see about Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Or just for whatever reason, they just have an amazing day defensively. That's how they're going to win the game. You're going to obviously have to force a turnover or two or three in the game to beat the Packers. And Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to really exploit what... What we'd like to believe is a bad Packer defense, but it's been a little better lately. I mean, it's it's been better this year for the most part. I mean, it it has been better. And obviously there is an immense amount of talent among certain players like the Clay Matthews and such. Julius Peppers is, an, is a very much aging talent, but he's still good. A.J. Hawk is a good player. Latroy Guyon is quietly having a nice season too. In fact, he had another sack today, if you can believe that. <laughs> I can't believe it, quite frankly. Haha, Clinton Dix is obviously, you know, a nice developing player as well. I'm trying to look at Latroy here. I mean, oh man, I miss him. I remember he got a sack against us just like Jared Allen. What a surprise, right? <laughs> Every time there's a former Vikings defensive lineman, they get a sack on us, including guys like, and including guys like uh, Demetrius Underwood. I mean, you just knew he would get a sack against the Vikings too been years ago. Um, well, Latroy Guyon is getting about as many sacks this year as he did the, the last couple of years with the Vikings when he didn't play too well. He's only got one and a half on the year, but I'm sure it's two and a half now because they didn't count it yet. Uh, but it's a Packers defense that's capable of being explosive, capable of rushing the quarterback and forcing interceptions and all that. Pick sixes, as we saw against Ponder. Yeah, numerous times over the years. But we also saw Ponder beat that defense as well, if you can believe it, in the Metrodome. So this is gonna be uh this is going to be a situation where Yeah, I, I just you just gotta go with the flow in this one and the Packers continue to roll. 
And obviously the Vikings' home field advantage, the dome field advantage is long gone, obviously. It's, uh, well, it's getting built upon by the new stadium, which is getting very big now. But also the, uh, the other home field advantage, the cold and the ice, well, who's more used to cold and ice than the Green Bay Packers? Nobody. So that's not going to do us anything there. It's just the fact that we're in our, our stadium and our fan base. We're in front of more more of our fan base than they are in this case. <laughs> Obviously, even though there's a lot of transplants in both cases. The Packers offense is going to continue to beat up on this defense, just like Jay Cutler did today. Even though the defense was decent most of the time, they always seem to run out of gas during the course of the game because the offense does absolutely nothing. Um, I think the Vikings score a couple points. Uh, I think they'll be better than against Chicago. At least I would hope. I would hope. But you figured uh, you figured the Vikings would score against that horrible defense, and they didn't. So it's kind of like, where the hell did you go in this one? It's more or less, I think, Green Bay scores 35 to 38 points in this game, and the Vikings wind up with like a 21-ish. That, that's what kind of game it's going to be. Hope I'm wrong, but <laughs> to me, all indications point that direction. Green Bay 35, Minnesota 21, that's your final. Teddy Bridgewater throws one more touchdown pass. It seems like that's all he's ever going to throw in, in, in any game is one. One touchdown pass. Is he ever going to have a multi-touchdown game? Uh, I can't pick it this week, so I won't pick it this week. I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater throws one touchdown pass. Maybe the Vikings get some type of special teams touchdown or a goal line smash from uh, Matt Asiata. Or Teddy Bridgewater runs it in himself. But I think that's what, what's going to happen with the Vikings. And I think Aaron Rodgers has his way against this Vikings secondary like he has in the past. I think he uh, targets Robert Blanton and Josh Robinson. And uh, the Vikings have to hope they can brace themselves enough to stay in this game. But uh, that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to really pick on Robert Blanton like he did last time. Would you be surprised? Hell no. I think they're going to kill us with screen passes and slants and all that good stuff. And don't be surprised if Latroy Guyon gets another sack. Even though he's got two and a half on the year, I'm sure he'll get his second one against the Vikings just because that's how it goes. Julius Peppers will be what he is. He's probably going to school uh, Matt Khalil again. Either Julius Peppers or Latroy Guyon. No, Matt Khalil or Julius Peppers is, is going to probably school Matt Khalil and get get a sack or two with this game as well so uh, that's where I see it 35 Green, Green Bay 35 I'll be semi nice I, I won't give them 38 35 Minnesota 21 we'll score some points this time it's not Christian Ponder and it's not in Lambo so we'll score but we won't win the game end of preview let's get to the fan interaction shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. We are going round like 
Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It is time for the fan interaction segment. And, uh, well, there, there's no calls this week or anything, but uh, a bit a bit, a bit of different different type of interaction, we'll say, on the Facebook page because of uh, last week's uh, more unorthodox show with the audio files. I kind of almost want to do that again. Just like, <laughs> I think I'm going to at times, like here and there, you know, just to be, just to change it up, have some fun. Seemed to, it seemed to draw some interest from people. Like people thought it was nice. So uh, I'm going to talk about that now briefly, get some people's reactions to it. When I was saying I managed to get episode 181 up, I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, last week I was so tired from the lawn cleanups and, and, and all that. And I was like, oh boy, I got no audio files. I might sit out this week. And then it's like, you know what? Screw it. You know, that game was so fun today. And then I pulled up all these audio files and probably did my best show in I don't know how long. I mean, I, I enjoyed the hell out of the, the show. Two weeks ago, I keep calling it last week, but last time around, um, I was saying, well, it, it's up now. And Robin Sullivan saying, just in time for me to crawl in bed. <laughs> She's listening. I was like, I was like thinking to myself, wait a minute, does that make you sleep or something? But I don't know. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> she said, oh, it sounds great so far. You got it together. That's all that matters. Gorilla Glue works too. Because I was saying, yeah, I mean, I was able to pull it off by holding things together with bubble gum and duct tape. Because that's what I, that's a phrase I always used in the Timberwolves explosion with the way certain things are held together with bubble gum and duct tape. Like, it's barely being held together. Like, the serious, the Boston Celtics team years ago with all the injuries and such. Um... Robin Sullivan continuing saying, I agree that Teddy is Pro Bowl in the making, just needs to work on his passing ability. He will get there. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's definitely very important. (laughs) Um, Today, yeah, today it's like he took a step back or so. He wasn't that bad, though. He he showed he still showed some of that clutch ability that you see out out of him. He's certainly no ponder. And people, I saw a tweet today that uh, some girl on Twitter, you know, I, I don't even follow her. Somebody retweeted it, you know, somebody retweeted I don't even follow the person, so um, they said, well, well, my boyfriend just said uh, Bridgewater's worse than Ponder, or that Ponder's better, and I'm like thinking, really? Really? You, you you think Bridgewater's worse than Ponder? How much have you, how much football have you been watching the last three, four years? You know? I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, and I've been watching football. This is my 23rd season watching football. 23rd. Uh, some people might be rolling their eyes. Oh, I've been watching it for 35 years. <laughs> but um, if you think Ponder's uh, better than... <laughs> if you think Ponder is better than Teddy Bridgewater, your football education doesn't come up to my ankle. That's all i got to say about that comment. Ma- Matthew Kyle saying, Loving the 8-bit. And at first I thought he meant the beer. <laughs> But no, he means the music. He means the music. And yeah, I like both. I love, you know, what do you think first attracted me to trying a, the, a, a 8-bit pale ale? The fact that I'm into 8-bit video games. You know, the NES, the uh, obviously, you know, the Game Boy, the old Sega Master System. Atari is 8-bit. It is. And obviously all the old uh, arcade games. It's just that Atari's version of 8-bit way back in the early 80s, late 70s is a, you know, obviously a more primitive version of 8-bit because the Atari didn't have as many capabilities as the NES and Sega Master System, but for me, that was the ultimate era for video games in so many ways. 
not taking anything away from the 16-bit era, like the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, but after that, when video games went from video games to what I, what I like to like glorified polygon movies, eh, you know, I, I just lost interest. So, yeah, I'm kind of stuck in the old days, guys, the old days, you know, the 16-bit and 8-bit era. So, yeah, I definitely, uh, that's why a lot of my music themes are based on games from back then, the 80s and 90s, early half of the 90s, we'll say. But I do like some PlayStation 1 games, obviously, and I've even played some Xbox 360 and all that good stuff, but few, few exceptions. I'm a retro guy. All right, so that's the explanation to why you hear a lot of 8-bit music on this show. Cedric Paulding, good to hear from you, buddy, out of Mississippi, and of course a uh, military friend of, I believe, Navy friend, not just me, yeah, Navy friend uh, from of Dylan Richardson's, of course, who is the executive producer of the thesportstuff.com, and with no D-Rich, Purple Mafia would not exist. I wouldn't be doing my seventh season of Purple Mafia already, which is weird. Uh, he says, uh, Cedric says, Joey, since AP pleaded no contest, any chance he plays this season? I would love to see Teddy and AP together. It's getting kind of dicey. It's like all over the place. At the time, it looked like he might play in the Green Bay game. Now, I, I don't know what the hell is going to happen, Cedric. It's getting weird. Uh, it's still a chance he could play this year, though. I say don't be surprised. But it's just getting weird, the whole NFL situation. It's hard to even follow. It's gotten too A-sectionist, too A-sectiony. And yes, I have an A-section side to me. But I prefer this, well, I, I prefer the C-section, so to speak, the sports section. Hi, um, and, of course, the A-section side of me, um, some of you w- won't like very much, you know. So, <laughs> some people have actually stopped listening to the show because of it. In the past, I found that out the hard way. Yeah, that way, where they just unfollow you and don't give you a reason. When they were like actually a pretty loyal listener of weekly week, week by week, and they just unfollowed and disappeared, and that kind of sucks. And you find and you ask them why, and they tell you that's why. So uh, I'll leave that alone. So, uh, but yeah, I as for a- Adrian Peterson coming back, he still might. But again, I'm I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back, though. I would lean towards yes, still. To this point, I still think he might, but uh, Brent Jacobson will have an interesting point of view later on. We'll get to that. Probably, definitely a star candidate comment by uh, Brent Jacobson, by the way, when we get to it. Matthew Kyle again saying, I meant the 8-bit music clips between segments. LOL, bringing it back. Damn right, man. Damn right. I hope you like it. Yep. And Cedric saying, that's okay. Good news. When uh, I was saying I was, I, I didn't even reply back to Cedric for like the longest time. And it was like... Whoops, that's bad. So now we get into other actual, like, um, it's kind of more of an A-section type of thing, obviously, but definitely not political. So, <laughs> yeah, well, what am I chuckling for? No reason to chuckle about it. Um, Orlando Thomas Orlando Thomas died last week from uh, ALS, which is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, which is really, really... Uh, that's a bad disease, man. I mean, it tends to happen to people in their 30s, and they don't come out of their 30s. But remarkably, Orlando Thomas lasted until he was 42, and he had it for seven years. So Orlando Thomas, a safety for the Minnesota Vikings in the 90s, back 95-ish, 90s, 95, 96, who really was promising, really was a good player for a while, and then tore up his knee against the Dallas Cowboys in a wild card round game in 96 where the Vikings got absolutely slaughtered. 
and he was really never the same after that. He'd get an occasional interception in here and there, but kind of struggled. You know, and I'm not here to remember his bad games and all this stuff, but just saying, he was off to a, a start that could have been Harrison Smith-like, if not for the injury. And uh, it's just unfortunate the way things happen. But then ALS came later on in his life and started with like, man, I have a sore shoulder to further and further along into what ALS is when they checked it out and they saw that's what it was. And he's he's no longer with us. And uh, only can... Only can uh, you know, wish him the best, and uh, obviously his family the best, and so he's in a better place now. Uh, Stephen A. Smith saying, sad news, Joey, rest in peace, R.I.P. for obviously uh, Mr. Orlando Thomas. Brent Jacobson saying, I wonder if his ALS was caused by his football playing and the concussions. Possibly, I can't tell you though. I mean, obviously, it's just a discussion type of thing, so that's all I can say is possibly, but I'm not sure. I don't know enough on the topic. So with that said, I'm surprised not. I'm still kind of surprised that more people didn't comment, but um, it's understandable, I suppose. Maybe you, people are kind of guarded in what they say here and there just because maybe it's like when, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a sad story. Maybe a lot of people were kind of like turned off from Purple Mafia at the time. Not mad at anybody, just turned off because it was bye week. But um, yeah, Orlando Thomas, I'm going to give him a moment of silence. And there you go. Best wishes, Orlando Thomas's family and others. Now we move to Happy Veterans Day time. So I said Happy Veterans Day to all of you veterans out there. From today to all the way back to the 1700s, today is the day where we remember and honor you. Thank you all so very much for the sacrifice you have given us all. God bless you. And I had a comment and I missed it. There we go. And the comment was Mark Carlson saying, How awesome is this purple team? Yep, here we go. My son, Anthony, deployed to Iraq in 2007. During his time in Baghdad, late at night, he was in the the chow hall. Who would walk in but the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders? Well, some of them, he says. <laughs> they are with him, took pictures, made him so happy. Yes, true. And thank you, Joey Wyden, for honoring our men and women who put it all on the line for our freedoms. Salute to Purple Mafia. And I absolutely salute you back, Mark Carlson. That's a star candidate comment. Right there, that was a very good story. He actually just posted it today, so that's why I didn't notice it earlier. So I apologize for that, to Mark, but I'm glad I got to it. And I will do another moment of silence for the many veterans that still live today and the many veterans that are no longer with us, either because it's you know they were from long, long ago or they uh, fell in combat. So for right now, a moment of silence for the veterans. Thank you, and God bless you all. Vikings versus Bears in game thread. We're going to get to uh, what we can here and there. Obviously, before I get... Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it. Back, uh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, I want to get it to where they're... Uh, well, Jerry Hicks saying our corners are brutal, and that's... Yeah, they were brutal today. Matthew Kyle saying this third down D, though. Yeah, it was bad. Mark Carlson saying Skull Rhodes and Matthew Kyle also saying, hey, at least Rhodes got his first career interception, and that's for sure. It took a while, didn't it? It sure freaking did. <laughs> There's more in here, and I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know why I can't go back. 
kind of irritating. Why doesn't it let me go back to the older ones? Oh, well, we'll get there sometime. But mostly I want post-game threads. Um, Josh Mayer Henry with a star candidate comment here saying, leave it up to the Vikings to make Cutler look like an all-pro. J-Rob, meaning Josh Robinson is getting killed. They just target the guy he is covering and get the completion. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Gerald Sring, the reigning gold star winner. <laughs> from the most recent show. So again, yep, there he is. He, You have a gold star now, Gerald. And you didn't even say thank you for the gold star. Look at you. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, and a very deserving gold star winner. And he already has a few other stars along the way, silver stars. Uh, he says the offense was very little, with very little continuity today. Defense on the field, way too much. Another real, well below par performance. Of the O-line again. Yep. Yeah, it was, uh, that sums it all up pretty well there, without a doubt. Yeah, the defense was on the field way too much. Yeah, because, see, it's like when your offense can't do jack squat and your defense is working their ass off, eventually they're going to cave and, and get their ass kicked. And that's what happened. And that's what continues to happen when the offense doesn't do jack squat. The defense will have lapses. And then there's your 44-yard touchdown pass from Jay Keller to uh, Mr. Marshall, and of course you have guys like Josh Robinson whose weaknesses were exploited and Jay Cutler might have actually watched some film this week, I guess. It, 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 it looked like it. <laughs> it looked like Jay Cutler knew what he was doing this week. Is there any doubt about that? <laughs> nope. No doubt at all. Sebastian Ball saying, thank God <laughs> thank God game comes Teddy. I think he missed, yeah, there was a typo somewhere in there. He says, I vote draft and sign O-line, sign wide receivers, please. So, yep, now we're already getting into off-season talk again. <laughs> Sebastian saying, Teddy had zero time on that last throw. Yes, it was a bad decision, but we had, but he was being hit as usual. Yep, Gerald String wrapping things up in this section, saying this one squarely on the offense. Had a 10-point lead, had a nice pick with a great return by Harrison. Yep, and could only muster up three points. I do like a lot of our young players, but sure feels like we're still a draft or two away from getting to the next level. Yep, that's a star candidate. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was really good. Um, Gerald saying, we're losing anyway. Just send a little message to Khalil and let him watch the game from the bench for a couple games. Not many people know Jets have a decent left tackle on the practice squad that I think could do a better job at this point. <laughs> yeah? Brett Cole. Brett Quavale played for the Cornhuskers last year. Seven, six foot seven, yes, seven foot. Six foot seven-ish, 315-ish. Great work ethic. Just doesn't look like Khalil gets it right now. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, like we're not winning right now, and, he, you know, what got Drew Brees to become Drew Brees? The, the San Diego Chargers drafted Philip Rivers. That's what made Drew Brees Drew Brees competition, getting sat down or getting uh, the fire lit under him. Drew Brees underachieved as the San Diego Chargers quarterback, and a lot of people don't remember that, do they? All they remember about Drew Brees is he threw for all these record numbers, and wow, Drew Brees is the greatest quarterback ever. No one can stop the Saints and their great offense. But what about the Chargers version of Drew Brees? His first couple of years. Well, in 2004, Drew Brees was awesome. He really was. <laughs> Because they lit a fire under him by drafting Philip Rivers. That's why. 
So there you go. Another, yeah, definitely a star candidate for Gerald String there. Really got me going there, and that, that was good. Got me going in a positive way, by the way, not a complaint. <laughs> if you think I'm complaining, you're crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yep, yep, yep. So, <laughs> looking at something there. All right, so now to the post-game thread. Well, at least four of them got in because I continue to post it late, and I'm really sorry, guys, for the stupidity of mine. I keep doing it all the time. I get distracted after the game, and I don't post it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Maybe somebody out there can remind me sometimes, too. <laughs> Bo Bell saying, this team sucks, plain and simple. Well, no, look at you. That's a little harsh. But no, then again, I mean, the game was annoying, and the team, the offense certainly did suck, and sometimes the defense did, too. Mark Carlson saying, I did not get to see much of the game. I certainly want a more secure secondary. Yeah, that would mean... Uh, Replace Robert Blanton with somebody better, maybe via the draft, if we could. But how many times have the Vikings drafted a, a safety, a, a good safety in the in the uh, good safety in the draft? Well, I can name one, Harrison Smith. After that, <laughs> it's been a struggle. But if they could get a second one, that would be amazing. Uh, Clinton Dix would have looked nice, but well, I mean, it is what it is, right? You got Anthony Barr, who's awesome, who didn't play all that well today either. But eh. Todd Vandermeer out of Indiana saying losing to one of the worst teams in the league is never good. This team is not only young, they are horrible. Yep, I I, I hear you. They they certainly were horrible today. And uh, starting to remind me of the Timberwolves a little bit because they're starting to kind of go down the toilet as well. Of course, the injury of Ricky Rubio didn't help. And stay tuned for another Timberwolves, for finally a new Timberwolves explosion show in the coming uh in the coming week here. It, it's got to happen. Brave the Wild and Timberwolves explosion. I need to get going here because the lawn cleanup season uh, ended unceremoniously this year with a uh, five or six inch snowfall. All right, and two more inches yesterday. Matthew Kyle wrapping this up for now, saying, I have four conclusions. Our corners are awful. Uh, I don't agree with both. With I don't agree with that part in terms of, in terms of Xavier Rhodes. He's not perfect, but I think he's got a bright future in this league. But Josh Robinson, I totally hear you. Robert Blanton sucks. He's a safety. He's kind of like one of those guys, like a safety or a corner. Yeah, he sucks. So I kind of agree and kind of don't, Matt. Matthew. Matthew. So um, I'm stumbling his name all over the place. That doesn't sound good. I apologize. Um, But, yeah, I'll I'll continue. He says (laughs) there were no... They were no match for Marshall and Jeffrey. Yeah, that that's true. That was terrible. Um, they're just too big and physical to cover for Josh Robinson and Rhodes. Rhodes is big, though. That's the thing. That's that's the whole thing. Rhodes is big, and his coverage is better than Robinson. Robinson just got schooled all day. And why the hell is Josh Robinson on um, Brandon Marshall? But I suppose Jeffrey's not exactly small either. So it's like I kind of agree and kind of don't agree because of simply because of Rhodes. I think I think he's better than you do. I suppose I'm kind of I'm kind of in Rhodes as a corner a little bit. Not not all the way though, but uh, a little bit. Uh, our O line played terrible all game long. Yep, the O line did no favors for Teddy Bridgewater, and they really haven't done them any favors all season. Really, they really haven't. They suck. Norv Turner has lost his touch at calling offenses. Johnson is probably our best receiver. He runs the cleanest routes and makes great catches. That last point is kind of good because Johnson is kind of like a diamond in the rough, isn't he? 
sometimes you can get a receiver out of the junk heap and, and get somebody that can play a little bit. They're out there. I mean, they have been out there. Was it Devon Austin years ago? No, I'm talking about the wrong person. Excuse me. But the player with Dallas years ago. Yeah, why am I talking about Devon Austin? <laughs> I apologize. But no, player with Dallas years ago. Um, Emerged and he was pretty good. Player with New Orleans. That's who I'm really thinking about. Um, blanking on the name. Though I believe it's Moore. I can't remember exactly. And it doesn't really matter. Because it's not like I pulled up research on it, you know. <laughs> I don't sit here and read, like, all the comments 15 times and dig up information before I do the show, because that's not really uh, the way a show needs to be done. That's like over-preparation. You know, you gotta go with the flow with your fan interaction, because it sounds more like a show that way. You don't want to, like, overdo it, <laughs> per se. So, um, interesting take, though, about Charles Johnson. That's kind of cool. Kind of cool. You know, um, this should be a star candidate. This should be a star candidate comment, even though I don't agree with every single thing. But when do I agree with every single thing, though? You know what I mean? With anybody, no, you know, I, I don't always agree with every single thing I read. So, uh, along the way, you know, I mean, I don't always agree with, I mean, because sometimes people make 19 points in a comment, and I'll agree with 18 of them. See, it's kind of like that. <laughs> so, or 17 of them. Uh, you get the idea. That's going to wrap up the Facebook section. Let's get to Twitter. You're going to hear a lot from Robin Sullivan this time around. So, Robin following me on Twitter recently. Very cool. Um, you're going to hear from Jay Fry. Uh, where is his name? Wow, there's a more notifications on there. Crazy. At Purple Mafia, of course. At Purple Mafia Show, I might want to call it. Where is it? Uh, Robin Sullivan's in California, by the way. Lucky her. Ah... <laughs> uh, so she's a Purple Mafia at. She's like the first big-time Purple Mafia at. You know how <laughs> Michael Savage out there has the Savagettes? I have the I have a Purple Mafia at, at least one so far. So, let's uh, bounce around. Robin said, well, no, there's some earlier here that I gotta get to. Here we go. Uh, no. What the heck? I thought there was more. Well, Robin was saying she's at the MS, MSP, soon boarding for California, Joey. And, oh, that was that was yesterday. Okay. I was wondering. I was like, that can't be today. Oh, that was yesterday. So she's heading to California. Here we go. Antonio Fett and Antonio Fett. Anthony Carlson, of course, related to Mark Carlson, who uh, you heard about earlier in the Veterans. He's obviously in the Army. Saying, uh, may the battle for last place. In the NFC North begin. <laughs> D, D. Fry favorited that one and liked that. He says, true story. Oh, boy. And now Larry Fitzgerald is going to get an MRI on his knee. I just got the notification. Oh, Arizona. Oh, I feel for you. Oh. You know, I feel for them because that's a team that does not have a Super Bowl ring. That was so damn close to one. And they missed the playoffs by a millimeter. And then they're doing so well. And... There's no reason to not like Arizona, unless you're in that division, I guess. Man. Oh, oh Arizona. I feel for you guys. Uh, okay, Robin Sullivan continuing, saying, not watching, catching updates on here. I will catch the podcast when it's available. Uh, she says, you're distracted from the game. Hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, and I was a bit distracted at times, just because the game was so... The offense is so frustrating, but I kept up with it the whole time. Don't worry. And I re-watched... The parts that maybe I was distracted. So I caught up with it a bit. Told her best of luck. Thanks, Joey. I'll be back Tuesday. Or not best of luck. Enjoy your time. Treats the picture out. All that good stuff. 
Sounds as if it's been an interesting game. I sense sarcasm there with a sad, she put a sad face. Uh, typical game. Can't wait for your podcast with the frustrating part. Justin in Rochester, <laughs> J-Day, was saying, um, that being Justin Day, of course, was saying that, <laughs> that Lodeholt sucks. and that, or No, he put Lodeholt, and I put sucks, and he put <laughs> uh, D-word, so I'll just leave that alone. Uh, Adam Carlson of the Purple People Podcast saying, yeah, it's a little too much Minnesota nice being Jared Allen just got his first win at Soldier Field. And I said, leave it to us on that one, huh? Yeah, very frustrating indeed. D. Fry saying, going to be a close race for the better draft pick. <laughs> yep, he's starting to sound like Marcus the Forecaster there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Vikings keep losing. The forecasters coming in the studio right now to record Timberwolves' explosion. How about that? <laughs> uh, Anthony saying, we we win the draft pick race. I'm sure we'll flush it, though. Yeah, yeah. Like Matt Khalil. Robin Sullivan tweeting a picture of Mike Zimmer. Very upset, very frustrated. He looks a little pissed. I can't imagine why, right? And that wraps up the Twitter. So there it is. Let's pass out the awards for the game. The Fran Turkinen Award goes to, well, Harrison Smith. I mean, he almost won the game for us with that touchdown, interception, whatever. At least almost got it into overtime. Almost got us in a position to do something with it. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't win the game. Honorable mention, Charles Johnson. He played fairly well. Fran Tarkin, or excuse me, Tavares Jackson Memorial. Worst player. Who do you think it is? Matt Khalil for getting schooled by Jared Allen. And we got that hogtie garbage again. Ah, so frustrating. Oh, and Tony Coleman was saying, I don't like seeing that celebration anymore. <laughs> I had to mention that because those comments got, they didn't get deleted. I just couldn't get to them. And yes, it's in-game stuff. And I try to avoid that to avoid the show getting dragging out too long. But, um... It's a, uh, yeah, I don't blame anybody for being frustrated seeing that, especially today. So, uh, yeah, Matt Khalil, another Tavares Jackson (laughs) memorial. Congratulations to Matt Khalil. He's got to be a world record holder at this point. I never thought he'd get this many. Christian Ponder, obviously, a a award winner of that many times over as well over the course of time. That's why he will probably get the name of that award when he retire, retires or cut, whatever, from the Vikings, whatever it is, retires. No, he'll probably get cut first. Um, so now let's pass out the stars. The stars. It's going to be kind of going to be kind of tough. Mm. Mm-mm. Ah, yeah, I mean, it, it's always tough. The stars um going to give... I should probably start with a bronze star first, even though it's kind of tough. Oh, why can't I find the Brent Jacobson comment? Yeah, i got to get back to that first. See, now I seem unorganized here, and I apologize. <laughs> I certainly don't mean to be. It's just the, the page, it's a pain in the butt sometimes because the posts are all over the place. And yeah, Brent Jacobson is probably going to get a star, and I almost forgot. <laughs> I almost missed it. He's always got good things to say, and this one I really... Honestly, did enjoy. If I can get it, here it comes. Oh, yeah, Sebastian Balls. Yeah, I'll suppose a picture of Teddy Bridgewater saying Jared Allen left because he wanted to play with a better quarterback and a proven defense, but that's none of my business. Where is Brent Jacobson's post? Here it is. Beautiful. 
Yeah, I like this. Uh, he says, my opinion has changed regarding Adrian Peterson. I don't want him to play the rest of the year. Since this is supposed to be a bit of a quote-unquote rebuilding year, let's see what Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata can do. And if need be, next year target Melvin Gordon in the draft. You see, I, I like the thought of seeing what Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata can do because I would hate to see the carries taken away from Jarek McKinnon. Matt Asiata is what he is, regardless if Adrian Peterson is here or not. I think he'd still be kind of a goal line, third down type of guy, for like short yardage, situational. It's Jarek McKinnon that gets affected, and I like Jarek McKinnon. I heard uh, uh, Ben Lieber a couple of weeks back saying uh, he's not a he's not a starting running back in this league. He's more of like a, just kind of a situational back. I disagree. I, I, th- I think Jarek McKinnon can start in this league. I think he can, and he's uh, not quote-unquote proven himself yet, but he's shown signs that I think he could be a starter in this league. I do, but if he's a situational back, so be it. He's, he's a damn good one, then. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, boy, it's kind of tough. The back-and-forth comments this week with... Uh, well, no, I can't. Um, it's just, it's tough. I, I'm going to give the gold star this week. Yeah. It's kind of tough because a lot of people didn't watch the game today. It's kind of funny, and it's like, I don't want to diss anybody, people that did watch the game, and like, you know, that, that's what makes this tough right now. Um, uh, gold star this week. He's going to go. To Gerald String. I mean, those comments that he made, he made multiple really good comments. He's going to get the uh, the gold star again, back-to-back. And th- th- these were hardcore, really good comments and very deserving along the way. Uh, Josh Mayer Henry, silver star. Yep, silver star for Josh Mayer Henry. Excellent stuff. Really liked what he had to say in there about the whole, the whole I mean, like the game as a whole. We literally just basically summed up this show today. In a, in a nutshell. So he gets the Silver Star. Raman Sullivan and Brent Jacobson. And, yeah, Raman Sullivan and Brent Jacobson will get the bronze. Mark Carlson's also going to get a silver to go with uh, uh, Josh Mayer Henry. Yeah. For that uh, awesome comment about the veterans and, and, and everything and his son and, and the Vikings cheerleaders and everything. That was very, very cool. So... <laughs> kind of a couple of ties out there, which is I might might drive people crazy, but it is what it is. Yeah, um, Robin Sullivan and Brent Jacobson bronze, Mark Carlson and Josh Mayer Henry silver, Gerald String gold star again. So there it is. Here's your tune right now. Gold star, Gerald String. Awesome comment, indeed. So with that, I'm going to wrap up the show now. I mean, it's it's time to go. Time to wrap this thing up. It's long enough as it is. Stay warm out there. And, uh, well, I guess we'll have to clean up our leaves in the spring. So at least some of them, unfortunately. Some of the yards out there, that sucks. So hopefully the Vikings can have a complete 180 type of game against Green Bay in TCF. And that's all we can do right now is hope. Bye-bye, everybody.